pastor and founder of LifeWord Ministry, along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that what you hear will enrich, enhance, and encourage your life in a very special way. It is our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live, hope, and change. And now here's today's podcast. not the jam back in the day you remember that song man that bring back some memories 1983 the band was called yes owners of a lonely heart man just listening to that again and hearing the raw musicians play that's that was music you know, that was the kind of music that you can sit and listen to with your mama in the room, your grandmama in the room, your, your daughters in the room. You didn't have to worry about being embarrassed because they were calling them out of their name or cussing like crazy. Every other word, it was a beep or if it's the explicit version, man, good luck with that. But back then, the music was so pure. It was great to listen to. And... They told a story. And so when I thought about that song was when I was putting together this podcast and I started thinking about all the times I've had my heart broken or all the times that I've broken someone else's heart, you know, because it works both ways. You either have your heart broken or you've broken someone else's heart. And when you start dealing with the matters of the heart, you really need to be careful in how you treat people and how you interact with people, especially of the opposite sex. Just like women get their hearts broken, men can get their hearts broken as well. It doesn't mean that you're soft because you get your heart broken. You're you're a human. You have feelings. And there was a, a man experiencing some crisis in his life, just like many of us. We experienced crisis in our lives and his heart was broken, went through a traumatic experience and he decided he was going to call a psychiatric hotline. (laughs) So he looked in the directory and he found a toll free number to this psychiatric hotline and he called it. Now, this is what he heard. (laughs) Welcome. 
to the psychiatric hotline. If you are obsessive, compulsive, press one repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press two. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, and five. If you are suffering from paranoia, we know who you are and what you want. Stay on the line until we trace the call. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully and the little voice will tell you which number to press. If you're bipolar, it doesn't matter which number you press. No one will answer. If you are depressed, push any button you wish. It won't make any difference anyhow. Thank you for your call. Now, the next time you need help, you really need to keep in mind that God always hears and answers your prayers. Let me say that again. The next time you need help, keep in mind that God always hears and answers your prayers. When you call on God, and how do you call on God? Through your prayers. You aren't going to get a voicemail system. You're not going to get put on hold. God wants you to come to him every day and tell him what's on your mind. It's not like God doesn't know what's on your mind, but it's a it's a case of communication with the father. You go to him and you let him know what's on your mind. You let him know what's troubling you. You let him know what's happening in your life. And if you're in the middle of a crisis right now, remember that you're not the only one who can pray you through it. My mom has prayed for me countlessly. My auntie has prayed for me countlessly. My father has prayed for me countlessly. Other people have prayed me through it. People in your church will pray with you and for you, especially if you have a, an awesome support group in your church. That's why the church is called the body of Christ. Body of Christ is not a religion. It's not a movement. It's a body of believers. And they're called the body of Christ. The church is the visible presence of Jesus in the world. And let me say that again. The church should be the visible presence of Jesus in the world, providing advice and support based on what? Jesus's teaching in the same way that Jesus cares about you. The members of your church should care about you as well. Now, I know that in many churches that might not be. Well, then you're going to have to pull your bootstraps up, as they say, and find you a church that you have a full supportive system in place. Those that will pray with you and for you, not talk about you because you are going through a crisis, not judge you because you're going through a crisis. They should provide support based on Jesus's teaching. Now, there's professional counseling, and that is appropriate, okay? If you need counseling, it's, make sure that they are Christian, saved professional counselors. That's one of the most important things a Christian need to have in place is a good support system, and if they are professional counselors, they need to be of the faith, because when you face serious problems, 
You need to have professional counseling in place. But, but Christians have been commanded in Galatians 6 and 2 to bear each other's burdens. And it's sad that in many churches, instead of bearing one another's burdens, you're burying them under their own burdens because you're judgmental. You're talking about them. You're not supporting them as the Bible tells you to support them. This is why there's so much division in the church today, because it starts from the top and works way down. Church leaders have to be more mindful of their followers. The dictionary defines heartbreak as crushing grief, anguish or distress. There are a lot of people right now listening. Their grief is crushing them. They're in anguish and they're distressed. And it's a fact that in today's world, the term brokenhearted usually describes someone who has suffered a failed relationship or loss of a loved one. That's usually when a broken heart is prevalent, is because of a loss of a loved one or a failed relationship. How many times have you been in a failed relationship? Countless times, I'm sure. A search of the internet makes it appear as though almost all heartbreak comes from divorce or being dropped by a lover. Now that's the internet, but a broken heart may be brought on by a mantra of causes such as disappointments in a child's lifestyle loss of possessions, loss of a job, so many other things can be the cause of a broken heart. But whatever the case, the pain of a broken heart can be enormous. It's not a good feeling to go through disappointment within a relationship. It's not easy to go through a disappointment because you've lost a job or you've lost a loved one. I've lost many loved ones over the past few years. It is painful. It tugs on the heartstrings. The world would assert that hope lies in psychoanalysis and medication. That's the first thing they want to do is psychoanalyze you and put you on medication. Advice may be something that includes taking an antidepressant, writing an angry letter and tearing it up going on a shopping spree, getting a makeover. This is what the world standard is. Oh, you got a heartache? Go on a shopping spree. Write yourself a terrible angry letter and then tear it up. Some would advocate the power of positive thinking. There's a lot of people out there that want to get you to think positively within your crisis. The most common cure is time. The world's focus is on feelings, but God looks at the heart. Did you hear me? I know you heard me. The world's focus is on the feelings. How do you feel? How are you feeling today? Tell me how you're feeling. Let's have a show on feelings. But God looks at the heart. First Samuel 16 and 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his statue, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. 
Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. He looks on the inside. Doesn't matter what you look like, how strong you are, muscles rippling, hair flowing, curls, great smile. It's not all about that. Those are nice features, yes, but God looks at the heart. I don't care how fine you are. If your heart is nasty, you nasty. While non-Christians may sense the hurt and intensity of heartbreak. Only a Christian can experience complete recovery because only the Christian has access to the power of the Spirit of God who alone heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalms 147-3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It's only through God that you can have your broken heart healed and your wounds bound up. The events in Job's life. We talk about Job when everything has been taken from us. We want to preach on Job. The events in Job's life may be the earliest biblical record of heartbreak. Hmm. That's something to think about. In one day, Job lost his children, almost all worldly possessions. He lost his health and his means of livelihood. And his wife was talking crazy. But what was Job's response? The Bible says, then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked, I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 1, 20 and 21. Job grieved because of what he was experiencing. His heart was broken. He lost his children. He lost his worldly possessions. He even lost how his wife respected him. Yet he worshiped God and remained faithful. Can we still worship God and remain faithful through crisis? You think you're going through. You think you've lost When you get to the point of losing all that Job lost, then talk to me. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. Although he had doubts as to God's goodness in these terrible events, through the trial, he grew closer to God through God's revelation of him. You can grow closer to God through his revelation of you. Job 42 One through five, he says, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things. Oh, isn't that a wonderful thing? When you can stand in adversity, you can stand in the middle of the crisis and say, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwart. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things Too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes see you. Job learned 
what all believers can learn through heartache and heartbreak, that God is faithful and good and he is trustworthy. Well, he wasn't the only one. Look at David. David was considered a man after God's own heart, suffered many heartbreaking circumstances. Some of those he he brought on himself. But each time he recovered and was even stronger man of God. Each time that you recover, you become a stronger person in God. Psalms 34 gives an example of how David overcame heartbreak by calling on the Lord. Now, notice the first step that David says in Psalms 34 and 4. He said, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. David knew in Psalms 34 and 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He knew that God was near him. Even though that he was going through, he still felt the presence of God near him. When you're going through, know for an assurance that God's presence is near. David said, finally, he expressed in Psalms 34 and 19, a confidence in the love of God that every believer should have. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, you can preach that right there. But the Lord delivers him out of all of them. Did you hear that? Psalms 34, 19. You need to write that down and put it on your mirror in the bathroom. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Are you righteous? Then many are your afflictions. But the Lord delivers him out of all of them. There's not one crisis that God cannot deliver you from. If God promised it, you can stand on his word. One might ask in a moment of despair, he may have helped David, but does God care about me? How ridiculous a question like that. The answer is he absolutely does. Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. But a comfort to know that God in Hebrews 13 5 will never leave us nor forsake us. God is always near to comfort the believer. If he didn't spare his own son, think about it. How will he not with him graciously give us all things? He will give us all things. What a comfort to know that we have God on our side. Second Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God comforts us in all of our afflictions. God, who cannot lie, and I talked about this on another podcast, that God cannot lie, has promised to go through our trials with us. You're not going through those crises by yourself. You're not going through that broken heart by yourself. God is going with you. But because the crisis is so 
devastating at the time, we cannot think rationally that God is with us because our crisis has taken the forefront. Isaiah 43 and 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers and they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. When you when you getting through that hot valley, when you going through and it's hot, know that you will not be burned and you will not be consumed. God said it in his word. I believe it. What more can you what more can you say? If God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Whether you believe it or not, it's still settled. You have to go on what God's word says. God never failed one of his people when they cried out to him. Has God ever failed you? No, he has not failed you. People say, oh, he hasn't failed me yet. You need to take that word out because he will never fail you. And he will not fail the brokenhearted Christian who cries out to him today. God hears you when you're crying out of your brokenness. He hears you when you're crying out of your pain. He hears you when you're crying out of your hurt. He hears you when your heart is broken. He may not always answer exactly the way we want him to or the way we like him to, but he answers according to his perfect will and timing. And while we are waiting for the answer, let me say that again, while we are waiting for his answer, the Bible lets us know that his grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. You knew I was going there. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. His grace is sufficient. Doesn't matter what you're going through. His grace is sufficient. Doesn't matter the pain you're experiencing. His grace is sufficient. Doesn't matter the heartache you're experiencing right now. And I know that it's painful. I know it hurts. I know it's unbearable. But his grace is sufficient. Finally, and I'm going to close with this, those who belong to Christ in our enduring heartbreak must know that God loves them. God loves you and that his love is unconditional. It's not like man, man, I love you today and, and hate you the next minute. Oh, I'll love you if it's always conditional with man. I'll love you if you do this. I'll love you if you give me this. I'll love you. And no, God's love is unconditional. Imagine the grief God the father endured as he witnessed the crucifixion of his son on the cross. Can you imagine his heartbreak? Can you imagine his pain? See, we don't we don't go there. But the pain that God endured when he witnessed his son suffering on the cross, he could have saved him. He could have came to his rescue. What an amazing love. That same God is there to comfort the brokenhearted and to restore the joy of your salvation. They say that Christianity is called the great confession, but most Christians who are defeated in life are defeated because they believe and confess the wrong things. They have spoken the words of the enemy and those words hold them in bondage. Proverbs 6, 1 and 2 says, 
thou art snared with the words of your mouth. Faith-filled words will put you over. Fear-filled words will defeat you. Words are the most powerful thing in the universe. If you say that you're brokenhearted, you'll be brokenhearted. If you say you're broke, you will be broke. If you say you're sick, you'll be sick. Man is a spirit being, very capable of operating on the same level of faith as God. Matthew 17, 20 says, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence and to yonder place, and it will be removed and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Even in Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and thou be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he has said shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says, whatever you say you can have. Owner of a broken heart. You don't have to be an owner of a broken heart. You can be recovered. You can be restored. It's all in God's grace because his grace is sufficient. And I'm going to leave you with this. concludes our podcast for today through one podcast at a time we are helping you to rise up and overcome many of the world's perplexing problems remember to love god love yourself and love others thank you for subscribing and sharing our podcast with others until next time i'm pastor malachi